We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, definitely check out our Facebook group. Look for Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Adam Collins. Adam is a managing director at MGA, a specialized commercial real estate firm structured to support the growing needs and concerns of occupiers of commercial real estate. Adam provides expert consultation in analyzing and executing solutions aimed to reduce their clients' overall facility expenses while maximizing workplace efficiency and productivity. Never representing institutional landlords, MGA is one of the few firms that eliminates any conflict of interest from representing tenants and landlords. Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lori. I'm happy to be here. I am excited to have you here as well. So you are in Washington, D.C. Let's talk about that real quick. What makes this region special to you? Uh, I think a lot, actually. So my, my family has been in this area. We actually just found a, a newspaper paper article from earlier this year about my great-great-grandfather. It's just a story about him when he came to Alexandria, Virginia um, in 1875. So we've been here for such a long time. Um, I've got a lot of history, uh, you know, a couple of different, it was a cool story. My my great-grandmother's got a post office named after her. We've got schools named after our family. And we're, we're not not from uh, a whole lot of money or anything like that, but it was just community involvement um, uh, with um, both the civil rights movement and um, just general um, kind of activity and, and mentoring of younger people. So it's been a, um, a great... Um, region and area for me for, you know, it's been my second home for a long time. And, and about uh, eight, eight or nine years ago, I, I moved here permanently. That's awesome. I, I mean, why wouldn't you want to be proud of that family history and, and start making your own legacy in that area as well, right? Of course. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's great to have a support system here. Um, so let's talk about commercial real estate right now, because obviously during the pandemic, a lot of um, businesses I'm hearing, at least in my industry, are deciding to get rid of the office space and simply make their business 100 percent remote. What is the what is the pandemic done and what does it mean for commercial real estate in the future? Yeah, I think that um, it's no secret. A lot of people are having success working remotely um, now, whether or not that means more businesses are going to go 100% remote. I don't think from the executives I'm speaking with, I don't see that happening, especially to those businesses that are, um, you know, if, you know, they've got a good number of employees, you know, 30, 40, 50 or more employees. Um, they're still going to have an office presence for the most part. It's, it, instead of having, you know, um, you know, it's what's, what's the ratio. Whereas, um, you might have four people per thousand um, square feet now. I mean, does that drop down to to um, um, three people or two people? 
uh, you know, how many people are you going to fit into your office and um, how much is it going to be utilized is still the question that I think a lot of executives are, are, are wondering, you know, what does that mean for their footprint? What does that mean for their operations, their office? Um, and so I think we're still, most executives are still asking those questions amongst their employees and, and we're helping them create a strategy um, to alter their real estate uh, based on some of those, those answers to the questions. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Um... So even though you may retain your office space, you you probably have to create more distance between the team members. I mean, that's likely going to be the way of the world, right? So I think that there's um, something to be said for that, um, the, you know, the social distancing aspect. But when we talk about office leasing, a lot of it is longer term decisions. Um, it's three, five, seven, ten years. Um down the road that we're making a decision for and crafting a relationship between the landlord and the tenant. Um, so the social distancing, although it's going to be a hot topic, probably well into 2021, um, we also have to think about and allow for flexibility for what happens after the pandemic. And, and right now, I think that most companies have just elected to stay home um, until there's a vaccine, until we've got the, the, the COVID problem solved or mostly solved. Um, so I don't know that social distancing is going to play a huge factor in, in these leasing decisions going forward, but, um, you know, that remains to be seen. We're, we're, I'm still not sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at what happened with nine 11 and how that changed air travel. And I, I, my assumption is that what's happening with the current pandemic is going to have space, um, restraints and changes. I mean, um, I, I, again, another assumption I'm making is like this personal bubble that people have is going to change significantly. It already has, you know, that's going to be a wider bubble. So I, I wonder, you know, just that work environment, our conference room is going to have to be bigger lunch rooms, cafeterias, you know, um, just your, your standard workstation just to accommodate minimizing future risks. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, how, how long of a memory do we as Americans have? You know, obviously, you, you mentioned 9-11. Uh, our air travel is still different today than it was in the year 2000, uh, mm -hmm. in, in large part because of 9-11. Um, so there will be lasting effects, I'm sure. Um, and, and how long of a memory do, do, does everybody have is going to dictate in which direction and in how lasting those effects are because yeah. you know it, it's it's obviously been a, a big event in everybody's life um this last year yeah that's it, it is definitely something that a lot of unknowns still what's what's going to stick around as far as guidelines and best practices and what's going to kind of be you know back to normal um whatever that may be again um, so let's, uh, circle back to relationships here a little bit. I mean, that's, that's what your world is built on, isn't it? How do you manage the new ones and, and the old ones? I, I think, uh, yeah, my, my life is based on relationships and cultivating the relationships and it's important to know, um, what, what I do is I, I keep a bit of a tracker in terms of understanding the relationships that I'm building every year and I'm adding on to it. I'm a, a member of a couple of different networking organizations. And, and just as you, well, when we used to go out and shake hands and, and meet people and collect business cards, instead of just simply putting them in the pile and then, you know, maybe in a few years um, you ring them up and, and, and say, Hey, uh, I need some help with something. Um, you know, I try and create a system to where, 
it's more intentional than that. I, you know, I've got a top 100 list of people that I like to keep in touch with that, that aren't uh, prospective clients of mine, but they're just referral partners, you know, either way, you know, they're people that can help um, grow my business and then I, I can also help grow their business or their your trusted advisors to where if my client needs uh, a referral to say a, a business attorney or a general contractor or it, really anybody in my network, um, they're on that list. And, and then throughout the year, I'm making sure that I'm reaching out to those people um, once a quarter, you know, in different ways. Sometimes it's an email, sometimes it's a call, um, sometimes it's a handwritten note or, or some sort of physical um, mailing to, to those people, um, just to make sure that uh, we're staying in touch. I'm staying top of mind with them. Uh, and to really take that networking meeting that you generally, a lot of people don't get a lot of value from and make sure that you extract all the value from that by, by, make, by building lasting and incredible relationships. I think that's great. Extremely important to have a solid plan, which it sounds like you do in maintaining those relationships for the long run. Um, can you share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking stories or experiences that you've had? Uh, yeah, I mean, let's see. One of them was about four or five years ago. Um, I went to this event and uh, I met uh, a really nice uh, set of brothers. Um, it was like a, I think it was a whiskey and cigar event um, that I had been invited to through somebody in my network. And he said, Hey, there's going to be some business owners here. Why don't you come um, and, and just enjoy the night? And so, so I did. Um, and then met these two or these three brothers actually. And he just got to talking and, and they said that they, they mentioned they were interested in buying a property for their business or, or possibly even buying an investment property. And so, um, you know, continue to carry on the relationship and just every single year, every, at least once a quarter, um, doing something of value to them to inform them on the real estate market, because I knew that at some point in time, but this was going to be, you know, four or five years away from when they were ready to, to, to purchase. And every day, you know, just, or not every day, sorry, you know, at least once a quarter, keeping in touch with them, whether that be a personal connection or, you know, sending them something about the real estate market, that's the value um, until they were ready to buy. And then finally uh, this summer, they, they, they did end up purchasing a property uh, about three and a half million dollars or so. Um, and it, it was, it was a great, you know, you looking back on having developed that relationship for five years, uh, you know, it made it worth it. And, you know, I, I still consider them to be friends of mine, uh, even if they weren't clients. What's great about that is, um, well, first off, the whiskey part definitely got my attention, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the cigar, not so much, but that you likely had no major expectations when you attended that event, right? You were just going to meet some new people and, and get to know them. Um, but then you fostered a relationship and, and, and there was a positive outcome for you, but your goal when you attended that event was not to sell a three and a half million dollar property, right? Exactly. Yeah, there was not, um, you know, you just go into it sometimes in networking events, you know, historically outside of COVID, you know, can be, um, you know, everybody's got a different opinion on them, but 
after you do so many of them, sometimes they get to be exhausting, right? If you've done, mm-hmm. you've already done two or three that week or that month. And, and that's kind of, if you're the kind of person that just needs to sit back and relax, you know, it doesn't seem like the most fun thing to do, but um, you know, to make sure that you, if you do go out to that, that event, that you do try and form so, at least one valuable relationship, whether that be, um, with somebody that is going to be a prospect or a client of yours or somebody that you can help in either direction, whether they're helping them grow their business or you're helping them grow uh, your business um, to, to form that sort of meaningful connection with uh, somebody. It does pay off because uh, what I found is the more advocates you can have, uh, the better. You, you'll never know where that next referral is coming from. And, and the fact that I've been able to build up um, kind of like an, an army of advocates across the, the region um, that I can say, hey, uh, do you happen to know this CFO? And, and the person's like, oh, yeah, of course. And then next thing I know, I've got a glowing email uh, introduction to that the exact person I'm trying to meet. Um, even though, you know, the person introducing us, you know, I, I never really expected anything from them, but um, I, I've just been able to cultivate the relationship to where they, they do trust me. So when in the time comes, uh, they're more than happy to make that referral. I love that. I think that's great. Um, and the idea is, yeah, that they are, they have the confidence that you are a trusted resource and partner because of the time and energy you've invested in um, cultivating that relationship, which I think that's a fantastic word to be using. Um, all right, Adam. So what advice would you offer that business professional who's really looking to grow their network? I would, I would say that, um, it's not always about, uh, quantity. I mean, a lot of times, like I've been saying, it's, it's about the quality. So, uh, you don't have to go to every single chamber of commerce event. You don't have to, I mean, here in the DC area, we've got the, you know, maybe a dozen different little chambers of commerce throughout, uh, our, you know, Metro area. Um, you don't have to go to every single one. Um, but when you go, or if you go into a BNI group, or if you're going to be a part of any sort of association or networking group, is to get involved in it and some sort of level that's deeper than just being a member. Um, really try and find out, you know, can I be on the membership committee or can I be, uh, you know, on the events planning committee? How do I kind of get more involved into this organization to form a deeper relationship with, you know, the five or six other people on that committee? Um, Cause that's going to pay off. I think in my experience, a lot more than simply going and handing out business cards to everybody. No, I agree with that hundred um, percent. Getting involved is how you start to build that trust and people get to know you as opposed to passing out the business cards. Um, I'm always one that likes to figure out, you know, who's running, who's running the organization, who's, who's the leader, who's the executive director, the manager, whatever it is. And, and really they're the ones that know everyone else. So if you're getting involved and you're supporting their activities and helping them, whatever level committee board, you're making the impression with the person that's got all the connections. Absolutely. And that's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to, it's going to pay off. And in in the extra effort that you put in, uh, I I think is always worth it. A hundred percent agree with that. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Uh, I would tell myself to be more focused. 
Um, early on in my career uh, in real estate, there was a lot of different opportunities, a lot of different interesting opportunities, and, and you kind of run around um, chasing a dollar, um, just like, oh, I can close this deal or I can do this or that, you know, but I think that it, over the long run, it certainly pays off to be hyper-focused on, you know, so for me, it's, I'm hyper-focused on, on office space tenant representation um, uh, or, you know, representing the occupiers of real estate, um, even though there's a lot of different facets of commercial real estate that, that I could kind of veer off into or step into. Um, being focused uh, really does pay off in the long run, increases your income, saves you a lot of time and wasted energy and heartache, I think, as well. There's a lot of truth to that. And and that's not just in commercial or real estate or anything. It's any any industry, any business, right? The the more focused you are, the clearer your message is, the easier it is for people to understand what you provide and and makes it easier for them to refer you business then. Yeah. Absolutely. So we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you can do it within the sixth degree? Um, let's see. Well, the person that I would love to connect with is not necessarily a business person. It's uh, my, my, my hero is Peyton Manning. And I would love to, um, I mean, he's just been my hero since, uh, since he started playing for the Colts in, in 98. Um, so that would be my, my, my one kind of dream connection. Uh, I think that, you know, I, I, am a firm believer in the six degrees of separation. I think that if I, if I, if I were to try hard enough and dedicate enough time, I'm sure that I could find a route to, uh, to Mr. Manning, but, um, I don't know that I've got the time or energy at this very point in time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's start with where, where would you start? I guess we'll, we'll, we'll help you down the path. Where would I start? That's a good question. Um, I'd probably have to think about, so I'm unfortunate in that uh, I actually did play um, high school football with a couple of people who are in the NFL who made it to the NFL. So I'd probably start there um, and then look at, um, you know, who they know. Uh, I'm sure that might be one of the quicker, quicker routes to it. Um, where else would I start? You know, um, I think, I think that would probably be my, my first, my first go at it. Like you, would, you've got way less than six degrees of separation to make that happen. It, yeah. You know, I, all right. I know that I know the route it's uh, a friend that plays for the giants. Eli Manning played for the giants. Yeah. So he'd be, he'd be more than happy to introduce me to Eli Manning. And obviously if I can get to Eli, I can get to Peyton. So um, that's one, two, three. There you go. Well, now there you know is. what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm wasn't sure a lot of, I mean, it wasn't a lot of work to think about, but <laughs> it might be a little work to actually make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how willing everybody is to just give out, you know, Hall of Fame quarterbacks phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. All right. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something you'd like to ask me? Um, what I, I, I am actually very curious about the podcasting, um, you know, how you got started, what were your, your goals with the podcast and, and what has it changed into? What is it morphed into? 
Well, it's definitely morphed. I mean, you are episode number 270, which is mm. blows my mind, actually. Um, <laughs> so um, I started my first episode that I was interviewed on was, I want to say, 2015, 2016. Um, and I was just terrified and you know the whole um uh little um what do they call it the drunken monkey inside your head that's what someone told me <laughs> it says all these bad things like you know the negative vibes um like ah, i can't do it i'm not good enough whatever um so my friend um who runs a very successful business and has his own podcast he's got over a thousand episodes which that is mind-blowing um really was trying to get me to be on the show and I, I got over my fear hurdle and um, was on the show. I'm like, oh, my God, that was so fun. <laughs> it was way easier than what I made it out to be. Um, and then I decided uh, that I wanted to start my own show. I needed a, a platform for thought leadership. You know, as a, as a business owner, entrepreneur, we, we need a way to really get our message and our voice out there. Um, I tried video. I tried blogging. Um, and you know, social media is great, but you need some piece of pillar mega content piece. And that's where I decided to go with the podcasting, um, way less work than video. Um, video is very powerful too, but I, I found that it's, um, I can be more me, I guess, on audio versus video. Cause I'm not worried about how I look <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, my goal was uh, a couple of purposes. One, um, thought leadership and, and to get my message out there too. Um, as an adjunct professor at the local university, I was finding that a lot of these college students really didn't understand the value of networking. Um, so that's why I chose this topic was to be a resource and educate and advocate for networking. Um, and three as a means to nurture and build my network. I mean, I, like I said, I've had 270 episodes. Um, and so that's 270 amazing people that I've either already known and, and continue to nurture their relationship, or I'm meeting some new cool people just like yourself. And that's been amazing. And now I've, we're forever, you know, have this fantastic conversation and who knows what it'll turn into down the road, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree. That's interesting. Um, so it's, I, I guess it's paid off for you then. Yes. Um, I, I speak on the topic of podcasting a number of times. And at one point I did an audit of what percentage of my guests converted to dollars and it was around 37%. Wow. It's not bad at all. No, I was pretty who, satisfied with that. <laughs> who is like the, a great referral for you? If I had somebody in my network, whether it's a certain person or type of person or uh, job title, who, who would that be? Sure. I actually like partnering with other marketing professionals, um, regardless of industry, even if they're in the agency space or have their own firms. I mean, there's more opportunities to collaborate than there is to compete. But oftentimes we find ourselves working with other marketing departments as kind of an extension of their team. Um, but as a business that we specifically target, we pursue the B2B industrial manufacturing space. It's typically the owner or it's, again, someone that's wearing like the director of sales and marketing hat, but they're doing more sales and marketing activities. Okay. 
Well, you're, you're in luck. I, I know a lot of people in the marketing space, and I'm sure if I thought hard enough, I know people in the industrial space as well do real oh. estate. Awesome. So maybe that'll That's lead to all something. about. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll lead to something. Yeah. Who knows, right? Um, well, Adam, do you have any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Uh, no, uh, I just think, you know, don't be um, uh, picky or choosy about who you're uh, connecting with. You know, everybody's got different job titles and everybody wants to first say, oh, what do you do for a living and, and how can you help me? But um, especially in this world of entrepreneurship or real estate or, or whatever it is you might be doing, um, it's not always the person that you think is that's going to lead to to a great introduction or meaningful relationships. So um, go out there and connect with people and, and build you know genuine relationships, and, and, and the money will follow. I love that. There, it's all about being real, being who you are, being genuine, authentic, um, nurture those relationships. One hundred percent. If Absolutely. anyone is interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way they can reach you? Um, LinkedIn is probably, um, where you can catch me the most, uh, Adam Collins on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also email me, uh, a Collins at M G A C O.com. I'm sure we can put those in like the show notes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all over LinkedIn, Adam Collins and the company is M G A. Cool. Yep. We'll definitely include that information in the show notes. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show. This was a fun conversation. Lori, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Adam for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation, check us out on Facebook. If you have any questions for me, just shoot me an email at lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.